This episode of Looking the Part is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. Hey, and welcome to a mini-series part of the Crack Podcast. This is called Looking the Part and sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. And this is about how characters' physical appearances in TV and film can be the biggest spoiler of all. I'm joined today by Dan O'Brien. Hello. Dan O'Brien, uh, he works at Cracked? Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, freelance here. I do some stuff on the side for you guys. Mostly site maintenance, mm-hmm. back-end stuff. Cute. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about a couple of things today. The episode today is going to be focused on hair mm. and uh, how the hair of a character can reveal what that character will be like, what sort of characteristics they will have, and if they will betray the main character. Yeah. And to start, so each one of these has its own little pun, which okay. I think you'll appreciate. Sure. So the first one, the the topic is called Parting Ways. Mm. You're right. I do appreciate that. This is the the hair part theory. This is something we've talked about on the site a little bit before. This is something that Dan brought to my attention and I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. That when you look at a character on television or in film, if they part their hair on the left side, that character is automatically perceived as more masculine, more powerful, and more trustworthy. And if they part their hair on the right, they're seen as more sniveling, whiny, and duplicitous. Right. I don't know why you're making this just about TV and movies. This is true in real life as well. Yes, it is. It (laughs) determines a whole lot about what kind of person you are based on where you part your hair. Right. And it's crazy that that would happen. The guy who discovered it, or the guy whose theory it is, this guy, John Walter, he has a background in physics and computer science, and he developed this with Catherine Walter, who's got a background in cultural anthropology. But he discovered it when he was a kid because all of a sudden he just started parting his hair on the left. And people started liking him more. Really? Yeah. And so <laughs> then he started thinking about it. And the reason that he really came across or really figured it out was because he started looking at television and film. And he was like, well, wait a second. Let me look for examples of this. And he found that Clark Kent, for right. instance, parts his hair on the right, sniveling, whiny. Like a little nerd. <laughs> and then as soon as he becomes Superman, it moves. It moves to the other side. The part moves to the other side of his head. Yeah, that's probably the most striking and jarring example of this because you've, you've certainly seen it like – Pete Campbell has the sniveling part and Don Draper has the cool guy part. But Clark Kent, Superman, is the only one who, he's a, an alien, but he still intuitively knows, oh, this is how, this is what cool guys do. Right. This, is, this, this, is, what, this is what a nerd looks like. This is what a cool guy does. And, it, and in the real world, that's hard because when you look in a mirror, it's the opposite. Yeah. So you would look at yourself in the mirror and if you had the part on the nerdy side, mm. you'd be looking at yourself and be like, I look pretty damn good today. Now, is that, in, in any of this research, is, is it because the sniveling part implies left-handedness and this is like a holdover from left-handed people are, are witches or whatever. Or evil. Yeah. I'm not a history that's guy. That's how you, the original, that was my original idea too. I thought mm-hmm. that it was because if you, part is on the left side, that meant that you were right-handed and you were using your right hand to part your hair or like to, to smooth it yeah. to the other side and the opposite. So if you were left-handed, obviously you'd have the snivelly whiny side. It doesn't look like that That actually holds any water <laughs> in terms of their theory. The reason that they think it is is because the underlying premise of the hair part theory is that it's parting the hair on the left calls subliminal attention to the fact that they're, that's the left hemisphere and that that's the one that's responsible for logic and verbal acuity and things that are 
traditionally associated with masculine traits mm-hmm. in our culture. So that's why it's so crazy when there's like when a woman has her, her part on the same side, we think that she's too dominating. Here are some examples. Oof. Margaret Thatcher, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Had Hillary just parted her hair on the other side, maybe she would have won. But <laughs> here are so that's why. So in case when, we're still looking for theories why. <laughs> when the hair is parted on the right side, you think of somebody, uh, the right side of your, your brain is, is responsible for nonlinear tasks and mm-hmm. a lot of things associated with femininity in your culture, like the arts <laughs> and things that we're interested <laughs> <Yeah>. in, basically. <laughs> we would be really good right hair parters. Yeah. Some other good right hair parters are Alfred E. Newman, right? Yeah. And uh, Ryan Gosling in Lars and the Real Girl parts his hair on that side. Now, in his other movies, like Crazy Stupid Love mm-hmm. and The Notebook, where he has to be a protagonist and like be a, a good looking dude. Handsome and likable. Yeah. Parts his hair on the left. Man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's surprising to me how much it plays out in the real world, especially with presidents. Yeah. So there have been like six presidents. There have been, are, I mean, there have been way more than that. No. <laughs> uh, I should have been more specific. <laughs> there are six presidents who parted their hair on the right side. All of them have been... Yeah, I mean, I'm a president's guy, so obviously I know that. But if you <laughs> want to just say it... Buchanan was one of them. Ugh, terrible. Um, Jimmy Carter was one of them. Mm. I can't remember the others. I think a couple of them got... Sh- oh, Andrew Johnson, who... Mm-hmm. I mean, he was impeached. Yeah. They all were pretty ineffectual guys. Yeah. And Shit. all the other presidents... I mean, there's there's even a... With Bill Clinton, that was part of his... Mm, part. Mm. <laughs> this is part of his... The, the people around him were, were insistent that... This is where you, this is the side of your body that you focus on. Yeah. This is where you put all your efforts because people will like you more. That's so crazy. I wonder, I now want to go back through my childhood and switch the side I was parting my hair on to see if I got treated differently in one direction or the other. I think pretty much at at some point there's no writing a sinking ship. So I I don't don't think there's anything I could have done in middle school. I looked back on mine and I was like, what did I, where did I part my hair? And I think for some of it, I did part it on the right side just because for the sake of convenience, I'm right-handed. It's right there. If if I've got a comb, but then I also realized that I had the part right down the middle because I had a bowl cut for about a decade of my life. That's I'm I'm (laughs) curious about that too. Cause when I was in middle school in the nineties, the, Slightly longer, parted in the middle hair was very popular for boys. Like straight down the middle. Think, oh gosh. Yeah, Brendan Fraser's a good one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, JTT, um, huge one. The, Leonardo DiCaprio at a certain the, point. We were all just, I guess, neutral or like no one was uh, masculine or feminine. We just straight down the middle hair tells you nothing. It just says that Yeah, that JTT didn't really seem to make t- it into adulthood for, even at the time. Even yeah. at the time that it was popular, I think a lot of adults were like, nah, that's kid stuff. So... There might be something to that as well. That yeah. a part down the middle is really disarming, but mm-hmm. it's also it's sexless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is oh, I wish I would have done literally any amount of, of research into this. But that is the examples that we're talking about when it's like when JTT went from child star to sex symbol. Sex symbol, heartthrob. That was one of the signifiers was oh you cut your hair and now it's like spike you're indifferent. You cut and, it, you and spike dangerous. it, you frost yeah. the tips. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely a few of them went through that. Wow, that's really interesting to think about. (laughs) Corey Feldman went through that transition. The older brother on Boy Meets World, whatever his name was. (laughs) Anyway, that's just the first part of this because I want to start at the top of the head and then work down. Sure. Uh, (laughs) That was one that was most fascinating to me because I was so interested now to look at any sort of movie, any television that I watch. I will look for that, especially on Law & Order because you need to know who the bad guys are. Like you want to figure it out. Yeah. And if you can see the hair part, 
and it works out, then you feel like a real hero. <laughs> uh, so I want to move on now to facial hair as well. And okay. this is... this is Now we're getting into it. <laughs> this is a big topic. As we move into facial hair, I want to also just quickly do a reading for the Dollar Shave Club. Okay. Dollar Shave Club, if you don't know, so they send you razors once a month, but they're a lot more than that as well. They also have a shave butter. They've got an aftershave cream. They're, they're more of a grooming... I want to say cornucopia. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know what it's like to go to the grocery store and have to buy razors. You have to get into that little plastic section that they reserve exclusively for that. And for some reason, cough medicine too. Yeah. You have to get somebody to help you. And then you, there's no guarantee that it also fits inside the holder that you currently have. With Dollar Shave Club, you don't have to worry about any of that. For limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. All right, so I want to move on now to facial hair because facial hair, there's so many tells in facial hair in movies and film. Yeah. And if you're aware of them, boy, it can really spoil a movie for you. <laughs> just in general, we think of, if you think of the, somebody's evil twin in a story, that old trope. Yeah. The evil twin, how do you know that that's an evil twin? Goatee. Yeah, they've yeah. got a goatee or they've got a mustache. <laughs> it's clear enough that in Breaking Bad, when Heisenberg shaved his head intentionally and it wasn't a cancer thing anymore and grew up the goatee, I'm surprised people around him weren't like, what are you, a uh, drug dealer now? You, <laughs> you, uh, you're definitely making meth, right? You're, you're a bad guy now. <laughs> I know you still drive that, that silly little car. <laughs> but yeah, you're not you're... a teacher. And What's that hat? Oh, you're definitely a villain. Call <laughs> the cops. Yeah, so... In general, facial hair throughout history has been associated with the bad guys. It's not not totally true anymore, but we'll kind of get into when good guys are allowed to have some facial hair. Mm -hmm. I want to just start with some examples so that everyone believes us, if for some reason this doesn't ring true for you. Hunger Games, for instance, none of the, the tributes in the Hunger Games have any facial hair. Jason Bourne, In fairness, many of those tributes are children. <laughs> That's but the spirit of the movie is <laughs> these children are dying for our enjoyment. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them have any facial hair. <laughs> Poor little Rue didn't grow a beard for this. No. You think about, so any, pretty much every protagonist you can think of, especially in like the 80s. The 70s was a weird time because mustaches were allowed. Yeah. But those then became synonymous with sexuality and porn. And, and everyone said, okay, we don't do mustaches anymore. Yeah. But... Pretty much every action hero you can think of, uh, with a few exceptions, occasionally they'll have some stubble, but usually it's just, they. I mean, they can be out in the wild for days and days and still this beautiful, no hair on their face, shorn face. Sure. There are a couple exceptions. There's the redemption beard mm. that happens occasionally in film, where the main character, if he's done something wrong or he's gone wayward for a little while and has to find himself again. He's allowed to grow a beard. Yeah. Some good examples of that are in The Leftovers. Kevin grows a beard in the last episode when he's really trying to find his way. Kratos in the last iteration of God of War okay. has a beard. That's somebody whose family died and it was his fault. And now he's trying to find himself again. Yeah. Bruce Wayne at the beginning of Batman Begins when he's sort of lost in China. Mm, Tibet? Yeah. 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 Good. Phew. And uh, Django Unchained, there are some some pretty good examples of, and usually those are pretty unkept beards. I mean, those guys aren't right. walking around with goatees for a little while trying to find themselves. <laughs> They're, they've already got the, the full thing. And the really great examples of how often this occurs where the hero can be bearded for a little while or he's freshly shorn and the antagonist has a beard of some sort is in Disney. And Disney really yeah. reflects 
on our entire life, I would say. Yeah. That's a good it's a good mirror to hold up to culture and be like, look, this is how you feel. This yeah. is how you feel. No one knew what to do with themselves until they started making Disney movies and they were like, oh, okay, I'm a villain. All right, that's yeah. good to know. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, okay, <laughs> that checks out, I guess. So yeah, up until The Hunchback of Notre Dame, there hadn't been a single hero with facial hair in the Disney canon. There yep. were all the princes, uh, yeah. You check listeners on. should know I'm staring into space and counting with my eyes, but yes, it checks out. Going Cinderella, Snow White, yeah. And those are the only two that I knew. <laughs> the, one, the few exceptions are the dads or the kings or the men of power. Sometimes they will have big, long beards. Right. Even the wizards like Merlin in Sword in the Stone, Triton in The Little Mermaid, Zeus in yeah. Hercules. Yeah, so those guys, they're allowed to have beards. But for everybody else... No beard is allowed because it means you're a bad guy. And it, usually it's a, kind of like a wispy little beard. Right. That's Jafar. So the genies are, are an interesting one because Ooh, yeah, the yeah. genie does have like a really kind of weird little clean wispy one. But yeah. that is only outdone by Jafar's, which is just like a little bit worse. Yeah. And Jafar's is so, I think another thing that we, that we noticed, because you were bringing it up when you talked about how bushy and unkempt hero redemption beards are, the... Villainous beards are always so well manicured. They're, yeah. they're they're incredibly well maintained, which I think is again another not so subtle jab at latent homophobia. I, I yeah. guess people like because like the idea of spending a lot of time maintaining facial hair seems like a, a feminine pursuit. I Absolutely, guess. yeah. It's there. You know how women are always spending all that time on facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Men who, yeah, it, there's clearly a lot of egotism tied up in a really nicely done beard or yeah. really well trimmed. So that's a good that's a good segue into this section that I'm going to call the goaded ego. Ooh, I am having a day. <laughs> I'm having a good day, listeners. That group would include people like Jafar where it's clearly trimmed and nice. Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yep. In The Golden Child, Charles Dance has a very well-kept beard. Uh Hugo Drax in Moonlight Raker, that's a bad guy from Moonraker. Seneca Crane in Hunger Games. Hunger yeah. Games, yeah. Uh, it's got it, that bizarre one. Yeah. The the more time that you spend on a beard, the more kind of evil and diabolical you're allowed to be um, in a movie. And there are going to be a bunch of other examples that will immediately come to mind for you, but we'll get to those because we're also going to talk about shaved heads as well. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So if you have a beard, you really have to watch out for a character that has like a long beard or a big beard because you, there's no telling right off the bat. Sometimes those people are more trustworthy. They're mm-hmm. like Santa Clauses in the story. But if you have a really tight and well-kept beard, man, that's trouble. Yeah. That character is going to be bad news for you. And there are some that are really, really uh, well-known spoilers in movies, like Cypher in The Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, right off the bat, you know that that guy's bad. <laughs> you just don't feel right about him. And part of it is that really wispy little beard that he's got. And then part of it is also because he's got that shaved head, yeah. which we'll get into in a second. <laughs> but I just want to go through some of the other characters that have like a wispy one that even if it's not well kept, that are also, that means that they're bad news. Yeah. This group of guys, I'm going to be calling the wispy dicks. Okay. Anything goes in this podcast, huh? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> that includes Cypher. That includes Captain Hook. That includes Snidely Whiplash, uh, Mugatu from Zoolander. How do they not think Snidely Whiplash immediately when we started yeah. talking about mustaches and The quintessential villain from cartoons, all yeah. the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, it's always that weird little mustache that they've got. Yeah. Uh, Boris in Rocky and Bullwinkle. That was just like, that was the go-to. Yeah. You had a mustache if you were a bad guy. Disney changed that a little bit because if you have a thick mustache, it means that you're deeply loyal, mm-hmm. uh, but it also means that you're kind of an idiot and that you might be a little crazy. Yeah, there's there were some, a lot of bumbling mustachioed chefs in Disney. Yeah, there's Geppetto was mm-hmm. kind of a, a, 
a bumbling idiot. Crazy old Maurice mm-hmm. from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, Rufus and the Rescuers. It also extends to the Muppets, too. The Swedish Chef, I feel like, is a good example yeah. of that. The mustache played a lot of different roles in film, but yeah. it's, I shouldn't say that. The mustache has been on the faces of a lot of different roles in right. film, but most of those characters all share, like, these commonalities. Yeah, but what a what a journey from, like, evil and twisted mustache to sex identifier porn mustache to Swedish Chef. Yeah, it might have been... mustache, just... There's just something quintessential maybe about a dad having a mustache. Yeah. I don't think that's just true of our generation, although it certainly is. Yeah, uh, it's it's rare for there to just be like, I'm definitely the hero of this. I mean, apart from like Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds, <laughs> yeah. having a mustache and still being a hero seems like a, a non-starter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the stubble, uh, stubble's tough because certainly in the most recent stories, stubble's fine. Like, in fact, it's encouraged on your hero. You want to have, you want them to have yeah. a little bit of stubble because it looks cool. But there's always going to be somebody with a little bit more of a beard that will remind you, okay, that's clearly the bad guy. Die yeah. Hard's a really good example of that. Anything with Jason Statham. Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> they're allowed to have not shaved a little bit because that it's more of an anti-hero thing, but they just look cool. Yeah. They uh, can't be bothered. It, it looks cool, definitely. And also it's it's like, oh, they don't care too much. They're not they're not so vain or anything like that. They can let themselves go a little bit and, and, and get kind of rugged. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Gruber, who we hate in the movie and who's supposed to represent like all of our latent fears and hatred towards fancy Euro trash is another very well-maintained, very well-manicured beard. Very well. Yeah. And even the guy who dies in that movie, the what's his name who gets shot in the face, who's like the wheeler and dealer. Yeah. Ellis also has uh, some weird little facial hair too. That's very well, well well-maintained. So there are a few heroes that do have well-maintained facial hair, but in the same instance, like the genie, there's going to be somebody else who's just a little, has mm-hmm. has a little bit more facial hair. So I think a really good example is Tony Stark. Tony yeah, Stark. he was. I was thinking of him from the beginning as far as bucking the trend goes. But before we get into him, I do want to point out that I've been kicking myself for. I was really mad that I didn't think of Snidely Whiplash because I was just scanning through my memory as think evil mustache evil mustache who and i didn't think snidely whiplash and i was so mad at myself also hitler didn't think of hitler until now <laughs> yeah, another good example of hitler an evil guy and with stalin a both of them yeah. had huge mustaches <laughs> but yeah tony stark has a, a really nice little goatee but he's also going to be kind of an anti-hero he's got a drinking problem he's a little bit of arrogance on him and then obadiah stain is so much yeah. worse <laughs> obadiah stain has a big bushy beard yeah. and the shaved head there's uh, also in training day Ethan Hawke has kind of a cool little goatee going on. But then you, you look at Denzel Washington and Denzel Washington's so like, you're like, oh, OK, that's a goatee. I get it. And so as long as you can see somebody who has one that's just a little bit better than yours, yeah. then the rules still apply. I, I think to- about it watching basketball a lot because Steph Curry is growing out his beard right now. And mm. I'm very unhappy about it. And I don't know what he's trying to tell us that he's transitioning to now. <laughs> I don't know what, what kind of role he thinks this yeah. is going to get him on the court. Like Kevin Durant, he's got your evil beard. He's yeah. got he's got that that sharp, pointy, mm-hmm. very aggressive beard. You're not gonna compete with that. But I don't know what Steph Curry is doing. It's it's really tough in sports because you want this to apply throughout your life, and then as soon as players get into the playoffs, especially in baseball and even mm-hmm. hockey, like they'll just grow things out and they'll grow it out until they lose because it becomes now this like charm a superstition for them. Thing, yeah. yeah. And so then you don't know, you don't know what's going on anymore because they go through these stages where they're just moving more and more towards villain. And you're like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I want to root for you, but you're making this very hard for me. Uh, I just want to pause briefly to again say that this is sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. Mm-hmm. This is all obligatory. <laughs> they have paid money to have this yeah. podcast made. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor and a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. 
After that, raises are just a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club to change the way you shave. They have a shave butter that they gave me that's incredible. It makes oh, me yeah? yeah, it makes me wonder why we've been dealing with shaving cream like savages all this time. It's I didn't wonderful. I was unaware that there are other options apart from shaving cream yeah, or like soap if you're poor. Come over sometime. We'll shave. Yeah. All right. Dollar uh, Shave Club. Let the the mailman comes to your door and he shaves you. <laughs> he doesn't. Don't don't rely on that. But maybe someday. <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk about being bald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, do you want to start with uh, people who are just bald, or do you want to talk about bald and a goatee? We touched on that one a little bit already, because it'll change which which which. Um, yeah, let's let's do uh, people who are just bald for starters, and then and then once we get a little looser and more intimate, we can get into goatees. Okay, these are people. So what being just bald means? We're moving back up the head. I really didn't think this through too much. I should have started <laughs> with that one. So this this group of people is called shorn to be bad. Ooh, or, I'm wait. liking these less. <laughs> okay, let me let me pitch you another one. Big brass balds. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yes, because usually they're in a place of, of power, mm-hmm. and there's a really good reason for that too. Culturally, when we see somebody who has a shaved head, we think that they're more powerful, that they're more that they're smarter than everybody else. Oh, yeah. So there've been actual scientific studies where they showed pictures to people of somebody who was both had their hair or had their head shaved or had different hairstyles through the wonders of Photoshop yeah. and then asked them questions about them. And it was always the, the people who were either described as being bald or they could actually see them as bald. People thought that they were stronger huh. and that they were smarter. I was so self-conscious. I have two acting related hair things to bring up in this podcast. And one of them was baldness when we did this Harry Potter show for a while and I had a uh, Mr. T mohawk and beard combination mm-hmm. and I walked around like that. And then as soon as we were done filming, shaved the, the, mohawk part off and was just completely bald for the first time in my life since baby age and it must be because yeah bald people are smarter and more powerful and i just don't have that in me so i had to walk around looking at people like i don't really feel this way (laughs) i know it looks like i'm a bald guy but please believe me i'm not this is so (laughs) off-brand for me i'm so sorry yeah so that was another thing they discovered in that same study was that if somebody had was losing their hair Mm -hmm. and so it was just a thin their hair was thinning Everything across the board that people thought worse of them. Ugh. Yeah. So, so it's really, you either have your hair or you shave it bald. Like those are really the only options it turns out. So some good examples of the big brass balds are Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. Voldemort, Bullseye from, I guess, all the entire Marvel Cinematic Daredevil, Universe. Daredevil, yeah, yeah. Does he cross over at all or is it just Daredevil? I think he crosses over. He okay. fights uh, Deadpool a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Bane is in there. And then there are occasionally heroes who are bald. But again, the only reason that they're bald it, like there's a really good reason. They always let the audience know. Listen, he's not one of them. <laughs> Professor X is only bald because this villain apocalypse made him bald. Right. Or Powder is bald because his mom got struck by lightning yeah, while she was yeah. in her third trimester. And obviously, <laughs> Caliban from also the the Marvel universe. Yeah. Bald, but you know there's a really good reason. It's part of his mutant powers. So they won't let you. They won't just let somebody be bald without a reason. If they looks like they've shaved their head, or if they're not giving a reason, that guy's a bad guy. So. Look out. Yeah. Now, I want to get to the last group because these guys are really fun. This is the people who are bald and have facial hair, which yeah. is just like, that's the double whammy. And I'm calling those people the bald and the beautiful. This is yeah. where they kind of get away from me because, <laughs> because there's no indication from that title that these are bad guys. 
But the bald and the beautiful just worked so well. Yeah, it's, it's uh, can I try saying it? Bald yeah. and the beautiful? Yeah, I yeah. thought that was going to feel good coming out. It's and nice, it did. right? Yeah. It's like shea butter coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so obviously Cypher from the Matrix. Walter White, we already touched, we touched mm-hmm. on. Edward Norton, the devil. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> so these are, that's like the really easiest way to tell. And it's so much of a tell that movies won't even do it anymore. Movie, movies won't give you a guy who's bald with facial hair. Maybe after... The, the the first Iron Man. Yeah. After that, everyone was like, Too yeah, easy. of course he was bad the whole time. Like, <laughs> I kept waiting for him to use some paralyzing thing <laughs> that he developed. But yeah, those, that's a really good indication. It's tough, though, because that's basically every baseball player. Yeah, it's, it's, it's baseball players. It's tough with uh, professional wrestlers, too, because a lot of times you'll have bald guys with goatees who are like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's still like a bad guy, but you root for him. But he, he does yeah. have like his whole vibe is being a jerk, being yeah. a, a tough rebel kind of, kind of guy. So uh, just to finish up, I want to talk about why this why this might happen or like why this happens in our brains. We, obviously with the part, we got some pretty good explanation from the people who created that theory. But with putting a goatee or a beard on a bad guy, especially a, a, a really well-kept one, why that automatically feels like the person is bad. Yeah. And I think, I have a theory as to why it happens. Oh, good, because I was going to just start spinning my wheels. <laughs> I think that it's... Uh, when we see the, the the freshly shorn face of a hero, we know that they've got a really nice jawline and a good chin, which are these hyper-masculine characteristics of a, of a face. And we really want it in our heroes, it turns out. Mm-hmm. We want to know that they're masculine. And you can achieve that even if you don't have that kind of face if you have facial hair because you can cut your beard in such a way or your goatee in such a way that it makes it extenu- extenuate your chin or makes it look more like you have a jawline. And because we can't see the actual face underneath it, we don't trust them as much. Right. We don't trust that they're men. <laughs> <laughs> or the, it seems like there's an idealized human and these people are cheating to get there. Mm-hmm. And that sort of cheating to get to an idealized human is what makes us mistrust them or makes us want to not like them. Yeah. And the, it just is a good metaphor for who they are as a person, the fact that they're tricking you with even the way that they look into thinking that they might be yeah. better looking than they are. Bullshit, Hunter Greer. Where's your chin? Where is, Where is it? it? Show it to me. <laughs> Show it to me. I don't know if that's right, mm. but it feels right to me. It feels me. right. Yeah. It feels like, and you, obviously you wouldn't get the same thing with a big bushy beard because it's not doing the same. It doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. But when it's well trimmed and just outlining your face enough that it looks like you could be a hero, maybe underneath that hair. Yeah. Everybody is immediately distrustful of you, which is such like a primal thing for us. That's so yeah, silly. I it mean, really so, is. Yeah, it's silly to think even that an extenuated jaw, or like a big chin, that cleft in the middle of it, and the big jawline, that that's the only thing that can be attractive or the only thing that can be masculine. Right. But it, like, it's something instinctual in us. I think from like a holdout from a long time ago that that was associated with strength. Yeah. And. I don't know. We just want it. We still yeah. want it in our heroes. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's one of those things that has just been in culture for so long that I don't know if it can be unlearned or mm-hmm. turned off in my brain. That if I, I could ever see someone with a, a nice goatee and be like, here, watch my son or whatever. Yeah, like or that. even like a weak, if you could see somebody with a weak chin and like yeah. that's going to be your hero. I wonder if there's part of you that's like, are you, are you sure? Are you sure we want it to be him? I mean, people, I think, are aware of this in Hollywood, and they will actively fight against it so that their movie is different. Yeah. But in general, the, this trend exists for a very specific reason. This is the movie. These are the movies that people will go and see with people with these chiseled faces. Yeah. And I don't know what to do about that. 
Because I don't grow great facial hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been working on, on this beard type. I've been trying to grow myself a jawline for, I don't know, 31 years. And they're just some very stubborn parts of my face that refuse to cooperate <laughs> with the, the rest of it. The seed can gain no purchase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's a, my curse has always been that I thought for a long time, and facial hair is very popular right now. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, I mean, I would grow some facial hair if I could. Maybe if I could go to Mexico for a while or somewhere where I could be alone <laughs> and just see what each stage would look like, and if I right. could get there. The problem is, is, I don't grow great facial hair. It is really sporadic and weird, in the same way yours is. I think probably worse. And Oof. yeah, it's like these Channel Islands, <laughs> and, and then up until recently, it always felt like maybe someday I would go through puberty and I'd be able to do it. But now there's starting to be some gray in the beard as well. And I was like, well, so the ship has sailed. Like, that's, I can't do it at all now. We're already transitioning to this part. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> well, I, I can't be I can't have it be spindly and weird and gray. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I look like Julian Assange. <laughs> OK, well, I think that's it. Thank you for joining me, Dave. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I'm always down to talk about this kind of thing. <laughs> This episode of Looking the Part was sponsored by the Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. This offer exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com cracked. Join Dollar Shave Club now to change the way you shave. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.